Hi, welcome to this, the very first episode of the TA Report. My name's Matt Clark. I'm the Chief Exec of Hire Window, and as always, I will be your host today. We've got a real treat today. I sat down with Marissa Bryan, the Senior Director of Talent Acquisition and People Culture at Critio. Marissa, if you don't know her, is a certified recruitment rock star. She is one of my absolute favorite people in the whole talent acquisition uh, world. So very, very happy to have her on as our first ever guest on the TA Report. You can get in touch about this episode on matt at hirewindow.com. I'm really easy to find on LinkedIn. Please leave a review of the podcast after you're finished listening and let us know what you think. Uh, Marissa and I, in this episode, we talk about managing her team via WhatsApp. We talk about getting business buy-in to the talent acquisition agenda and learning from other talent acquisition professionals, which is a pretty fitting way to kick off this podcast. So without any further ado, please welcome Marissa Bryan. Hello and welcome to the TA Report. Um, I am here in Critio's London offices, a beautiful space, and I am joined uh, by the wonderful Marissa Bryan. Um, so Marissa, welcome. Thanks, Matt. It's great to, to catch up again. Um, and thank you for that very, very complimentary introduction. Um, indeed, uh, it is a beautiful day in London today. And when the sun shines in our office, it is a great place to be, it I is. have to admit. It is fantastic. I've been, I've been on the tour. I can confirm uh, it, is, it is a wonderful space. It is as nice as any office I've, I've been in. Um, I'm actually at the Facebook offices later on today. So I'll, I'll do a comparison and I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Um, so, Marissa, thanks so much for joining us. For the, for the benefit of our listeners who may not know you, of course, mm-hmm. could you possibly just give a quick introduction to Critio? Uh, and your your role in the business, what it is you you do here. Cool. So um, Critio is a French headquartered firm that is listed on the NASDAQ. Um, We've been around for a a little under 15 years, founded in Paris. Um, JB Rudel is our CEO and founder based in Paris. Um, We have uh, around 3,000 employees around the world who are all working to build fantastic products for our customers to help them um, uh, to help us become the uh, advertising platform for the open internet. So what that means is Critio has gone through quite a big transformation over the last year, and we're still going through that transformation, I have to say. Um, so it's been a lot of fun, a lot of ups and downs throughout the past 12 months, and, and no doubt more to come, but uh, we deliver fantastic advertising products for retailers and brands all around the world. Awesome. Okay. And where do you where do you fit in? Yeah. To, to so <laughs> the Critio uh, people team is the team that I'm a part of. Um, I uh, report directly to our head of people, uh, who uh, is part of the leadership group of the organisation, and I lead uh, something that sounds kind of perhaps a bit abstract, but I lead global talent acquisition and people culture. Uh, What that means is I look after our recruiting organisation globally, most of it. There is uh, a a fantastic team based in Paris and uh, Palo Alto who do the technical recruiting, who who are part of our um, R&D business. And people culture is, uh, is two areas I'm particularly passionate about that I'm super excited to be leading as of this year. 
Uh, one of them is brand and communication. So everything to do with employer brand, how we talk about our employee value proposition, how we communicate about the experience of working at Critio. And the other thing um, that I'm really excited to be leading this year is Critio Cares, which is a program internally uh, led by our program manager, but actually largely led by our employees and, and it was sort of founded and, and uh, the roadmap and everything designed by our employees. Um, everything to do with how we can be a more sustainable and environmentally friendly company, um, how we can do more in the communities in which we work, and equally, how we can be much, much better at diversity and inclusion and belonging, or dibs, as we oh, say. Dibs. So that's what I do. <laughs> Fantastic. So you're in a, a truly global role. Yeah. Um, I guess slightly unorthodox. Not too many recruitment or talent acquisition directors will also be looking after people, culture, mm -hmm. and, and those kind of mm -hmm. uh, those kind of uh, projects, etc. Mm -hmm. What does a day in the life of Marissa Bryan mm -hmm. look like then? Well, I mean, with, without going into um, without going into too much detail, uh, I have a team of people who are based between Tokyo and Singapore. So the first WhatsApp will normally come through from my amazing director in Singapore at about six a.m. in the morning, um, and uh, and I I manage a lot of the activity of my day via WhatsApp, WhatsApp groups, WhatsApp, um, you know, uh, communications with the team. Um, but ultimately, a big part of my day, um, you know, leading an organisation of, of almost 50 people, a big part of my day really is interacting with my team. Um, it's, you know, the, the leadership that, that report directly to me. It's, uh, it's each member of the team. We recently um, put together a, a talent operations team, which is what some people might have once upon a time called coordinators. Um, and I'm really pleased that um, that we've really up leveled and and upskilled the that that part of, of the recruiting organisation. But yeah, the majority of my day is spent in direct communication with my team. So that's the first thing. I would say the other part of my job that um, is is becoming increasingly interesting for me is finding out what other people are doing. So. Um, you know, obviously, yes, in my day, I spend time with stakeholders in the business, etc. But what I've increasingly been driving myself and my team members to do is to go and meet with people who do our job somewhere else, um, which is why I'm so happy to sit here and talk to you today, Matt, about how we work, because I think if we're not learning from each other and, and sort of sharing our own experiences, the ups and the downs with each other, then how are any of us going to get any better? And often, as I say to my own team, if we're all just looking at each other for the answers, we're never going to find them. We have to look outside. So increasingly, I've been challenging myself um, and uh, and team members to to be outdoors, to to go out, meet people, to network more, um, because it's not something that we've prioritised because we've been going through so many internal changes and and process uh, launches and technology launches, etc. Over the last couple of years, mm. it's definitely I think very common in a in a talent acquisition team to get a little bit uh, kind of boxed in mm -hmm. and very internally minded yeah. uh, you know and I think a big big part of why we're starting this podcast is to to encourage some conversation mm. um, you know between between different companies and different experts mm. you know I think that there is only so much talent out there it is competitive uh, you know lots of people need the same type of people but at the same time people move jobs mm -hmm. and you know kind of talent circulates around organizations so why can't we uh, work together as a talent acquisition community to um, 
to, to share knowledge. Um, and, and you're seeing more and more of that in terms of events, you know, mm. some great kind of expos and, and kind of conferences and stuff like I that. I think Google have done that really well with the rework site. Yeah. And, and it's something I reference a lot to, to members of my team and, and the business here at Critio is, you know, there's no, <laughs> there's no secrets, you know, there's mm. no... Um, you know, it's not me who came up with all of this stuff, really. No. It's, you know, we're yeah. all learning from each other. So, yeah. you know, I'm perfectly happy to, to give time to anyone, um, you know, both within Critio and, and outside of Critio who, who just wants to have a chat like this. And, you know, we, we, we can only but learn from each other. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Google really doing an awful lot to change yeah. what they call people operations and the rest yeah, of the school, exactly. call, call human resources as well. Yeah. Um, so, so you've talked there about kind of your, your, your day, what you get up to, encouraging your team to, to look externally. Um, what, what do you think, as, as it stands right now, that, that Critio does really well from a talent acquisition perspective? Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to big up my colleagues in the R&D recruiting team over in Paris, um, uh, a team led by uh, Juana and Ralika, uh, who are... Both, both based in Paris and lead our, our R&D recruiting efforts over there. Um, I have to say one thing these guys do incredibly well is leverage the business to communicate in many ways on their behalf. So they have people on the team there who are working closely with our most senior executives, our VPs of engineering and product, and they're encouraging them and working with them to blog, to communicate through social media, and really having the business be the voice of acquiring talent as opposed to it being another recruiter posting on LinkedIn about another opening in Paris, which, you know, when you look at your LinkedIn feed in any given day, you're sort of like, oh, you know, <laughs> there's, there's more, more of the same. And I think the, the team over there really are doing an incredibly good job of leveraging their business leaders who, who people want to hear from. You know, future candidates aren't really interested in hearing what the recruiters think. They're more interested in hearing from the business leaders. Now, we've borrowed from them mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and are certainly, you know, leveraging, uh, if I think about our, our team in Barcelona, led by the amazing Shruti, uh, who I also had the opportunity to work with at LinkedIn. Shruti is, is someone who is also really driving the communication around talent through you know from the business as opposed to to relying purely on the recruiters i mean you know there's 35 of us and you know 3000 employees who, who are going to do a much better job so i think that's one thing um at critio that we do really well the other thing and again to reference paris critio as an organization is incredibly well known in france um, you know, the story of Critio, the, the French unicorn, as they, as they would say, the story of JB and how he founded the business, you know, the, the, he wrote a book about it. It is truly an extraordinary story. And our ability to share that story that is not a Silicon Valley story, that's not, a, you know, one of those sort of more typical startup adventures um, is something that I think puts us in a really unique position to show how those kinds of magical things can happen outside of California, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, is great. Yeah. And, and, and I think that uh, being a European organisation affords us as, as something, you know, uh, as we would say in French, uh, je ne sais quoi. <laughs> Absolutely. I think those two things, they, they, they dovetail in together really nicely because a lot of what you're, you're talking about there is the, it's focused on storytelling. Mm -hmm. um, and actually we... I think we, we first mm. met when you were back at LinkedIn mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we were mainly talking about storytelling on a, on a training course. But, yeah. you know, using the fact that you've got business leaders there in Paris, mm -hmm. getting them to tell their story and share with, share with the board rather than, as you say, having a recruiter going, I've got this role. 
Um, so much We're looking effective. for an inspirational leader to exactly. join our sales team. Exactly. <laughs> Calling all sales leaders, exactly, and, and all of that. Um, but at the same time, making sure that that's underpinned by the broader Critio story um, and, and the founder. And um, you know, obviously, that there's a book there, so the story's mm-hmm. out there, um, and it is really um, inspirational. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess, sort of following on from that, as I mentioned, we, we first met when you were back at LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with Access, so another mm-hmm. very major uh, sort of French brand. Mm-hmm. Um, your, your CV reads a, a bit like a really, really excellent investment portfolio because you have worked for some of the most iconic brands in the world. So for those of you who aren't familiar with, with Marissa's background, uh, Starbucks, Google, Apple, and LinkedIn, and now the unicorn of France, um, Critio as well. What, what do you think those organizations do differently when it comes to attracting talent? That some legacy organizations uh, perhaps could could learn from or take notice of mm. I think um, it, and, and I am gonna I'm gonna roll it back pre LinkedIn mm-hmm. so before LinkedIn even existed <laughs> I was working at Starbucks and um, I, I, when people ask me today what was you know they talk about my career or, or my background and they say you know which company have you enjoyed working at the most um, I, I often reference Starbucks as the greatest experience that I ever had because it truly was my introduction to what you would call values-led mm. leadership or values-led people management. Mm. Um, and at Starbucks, there was such a strong culture around uh, how we worked and, and the, um, the experience of being a partner at, at Starbucks. And, you know, this is back before Starbucks even existed in a lot of European countries. Like it, today, it's so ubiquitous. Um, I worked in the very first Starbucks store in Australia, which opened in 2000. So wow. that gives you an indicator of, of how small it was at the time. Um, but, you know, we were called partners. For those of you who know John Lewis and Waitrose here in the UK, they were also called partners because they're shareholders. And at the time, when I was at Starbucks, they were the first company to offer shares to part-time employees in the US. You know, the first company to offer share uh, to offer health insurance to part-time employees. Um, the training and development that we received, both as you know, individual contributor, part-time baristas, right up to you know the senior leadership of the organisation, was best in class at the time. And I think communicating to talent, whether they're existing talent or future talent, about values and how important the you know the the feeling and the being in the company is, is what makes any company unique or different. Um, you know, talking to somebody about financial performance or you know how many cups of coffee you sold or how many computers or iPhones you sold, yeah, those numbers are, are amazing. But talking to somebody about what it feels like to work. Um, and how we behave and interact with each other and really giving people um, a reason to give a bleep, <laughs> I think, is, is, is what, makes, um, what made that experience for me unique. When I think about my experiences more recently in the technology space, so, so after I left Australia and moved to Paris and, and I worked at Google in Paris when there were still only 10,000 employees in the world, back when it was still Don't Be Evil, <laughs> which I don't believe they've, they've got anymore, and back when Google had some pretty, um, I would say, controversial recruiting practices around education in particular, and only recruiting from select, um, you know, campuses or selected uh, uh, backgrounds, and and I think if I if I sort of reflect on the experience that I have there, and then through the Apple period, through the LinkedIn period to today, 
what really has defined talent acquisition and attraction over the last 11 years would have to be diversity and inclusion. And I, you know, I saw firsthand what it looked like at Google when they weren't embracing, um, you know, the, the way that they operate now. And, and it was still very early days and, and, you know, everybody learns from experience. But when I think about how they recruit now, because I've obviously still got friends and, and colleagues who work there, um, but equally, you know, spearheading this worldwide truly is LinkedIn. Um, and I think if, if you've got the opportunity to talk to anyone in, in talent attraction or, or talent acquisition at LinkedIn, they really are the, uh, you know, I, I don't know of another company that's doing it better than they are because they're using data. Um, and, and obviously they have access to a, to a ton yeah. of that. Um, they're using their own data. They're using marketplace data to truly um, redefine what their population looks like to reach out to some of the most underrepresented populations. Um, you know, I particularly, I, I remember a lot of work we did around veterans, um, which is US specific, but equally um, really broadening the opportunities for people of different abilities, um, which again, in a technology firm, you know, is uh, when technology is what solves those problems mm-hmm. for people. I'm always amazed that technology companies aren't more embracing of, of people with different abilities. Um, but uh, yeah, I have to say, I've learned something different from all of them. Mm. Um, and I will finish with what I say, and, and anyone from my team who hears this will be like, oh yeah, she says that all the time. <laughs> um, and that's Apple. And the core of my leadership style, the core of my focus and anything I do around talent attraction and acquisition is what my former leader at, uh, at Apple, the guy who hired me, Sean Shelley, uh, he once said to me, even if they don't get the job, we still want them to um, want to buy an iPhone. Mm. And the experience that I've had of being recruited at some companies is the reason why I've worked at them. And the experience I've had of being recruited at other companies is why I never worked there. Mm. And you forget, if you're a consumer brand in particular, just how important every interaction is with a candidate. And that's what I learned from Apple and what I still continue to preach to my teams today. So, Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think it, it's so easy to un- underestimate particularly at an organization of scale like Apple, mm-hmm. the amount of candidates that you're resourcing your mm-hmm. talent acquisition function will come into mm-hmm. on an annual basis. Yeah, uh, it's hundreds of thousands. That's a lot of people. <laughs> that's a lot of people. And, and so, that's a hundred, hundreds of thousands of potential customers or exactly. potential brand advocates. And, you know, whether it was LinkedIn, where we were a B2B, primarily a B2B business, but also had a really strong brand. And the same today with Critio, you know, the kinds of people that we're hiring into our sales and operations organization are the kinds of people who buy our products Mm. in the companies they're working at today. So if they have an awful experience or they don't get, you know, that it's a simple thing, you know, get welcomed into the office or whatever. I'm not talking about anything super scientific here. That, that does more damage to your brand, both your talent brand, but also your organizational brand, your corporate brand, than you know, whether or not you hire them. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I, think, I think it was actually during the, the training session that I've mentioned um, when, I, when we first met at LinkedIn, mm-hmm. the, I think the goal of the resourcing team there at that time, the talent attraction mm-hmm. team, was to have a, a better net promoter score yes. <laughs> for rejected candidates yep. than it was necessarily for accepted. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that works. And um, I believe it's still a, it's still very much a measure and a metric that 
that LinkedIn use. It's something that I um, have implemented since mm. I've been at Critio. So um, I'd be lying if I said to you that we're there. Mm. Um, but even the collection of candidate experience data is something that that is you know new to Critio since I've been here. We've we've put that in place. And you know, Glassdoor. Mm. <laughs> when you look at Glassdoor and you see the feedback live and in color, the fact that somebody's taken the time to go log into something, mm. you know, either on their phone or their computer, and give you feedback. If you ignore that feedback, then you know you're an idiot. Ignore <laughs> out your peril. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, restaurants don't ignore bad reviews, and and nor should uh, talent acquisition teams. No, so absolutely, couldn't couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> so I, I think you, you kind of mentioned there the, the the push we've had in talent acquisition towards diversity and inclusion, yeah. Um, yeah. which really is something that. I, it's been, I guess, a decade in the making, but has really, I guess, really grown its wings mm-hmm. over the last five years or so. Yeah. So, you, you, I mean, you've, you've been working in talent acquisition for around about a decade now. Yep. Um, I'm that old. <laughs> along, <laughs> and a bit older than that too. <laughs> along, alongside, I won't expand on that, um, alongside that push towards yeah. diversity and inclusion. Yep. Is there anything else that you think the industry's yeah, done really well over yep. that course of time? Um, so I'm going to call out two things. Um, I think the first one I've mentioned already, and, and I'll say it again in my accent because I get made fun of every day that I'm at work for saying data. Um, but uh, for me, you know, over the last 10 years, the ability to use data to, um, to, to drive decision-making around talent acquisition, to, to match, you know, to be able to do things like match profiles of the individuals who are the highest performers in your organization to future talent and, and source based purely on that rather than on what school they went to or what company they worked for. You know, again, that's helping drive diversity, but it's data that's actually um, empowering teams to be able to do that. Um, you know, looking at data around tenure and really understanding which employees stay in your organization for the longest and why and where. And again, targeting your attraction efforts around that. Um, looking at even things like campus strategies or you know even earlier intervention you know obviously as a french company we have a a strong intern program and intern um strategy over in paris where things are slightly different um uh in 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 higher education than they are in other countries and and again using the data that we have internally around where those students have come from and been most successful from in the past so the ability to capture that kind of um, information and, and informed decisions um, is, uh, is is certainly something that um, that I've seen a huge uptake on. Obviously, working at LinkedIn as well helped that. Mm. I think the other thing that I'm getting super excited about at the moment, we've actually got quite a bit of work and, and quite a bit of um, uh, things uh, projects in the in the mix at the moment, is automation. Mm. <laughs> Now, I don't want to sound like, you know, <laughs> I'm uh, predicting the fall of man, uh, the fall of mankind or anything like that. But certainly um, one of the things that we've, uh, we've got going on at the moment is really looking at how we can use, you know, the buzzword of the moment, yep. AI, <laughs> or the, buzz, the buzz abbreviation of the moment, um, to, uh, to help accelerate some of our hiring efforts. Um, in the exact same way that sales and marketing organisations would use you know, things like Salesforce or, or, or other CRMs, Microsoft Dynamics, etc. Um, there are other, I'll use the BBC phrase, sure, yeah. there are other <laughs> CRMs available. Um, no, the fact that uh, the sales and marketing organisations are doing that to drive lead generation, 
why wouldn't a recruiting organisation learn from them and do exactly the same thing? Um, there's a couple of great companies out there looking at video interviewing, a company called HireView, another French startup called Easy Recruit. Um, and when you start to look into how video interviewing and, and you know whether it's pre-recorded or whether it's live can help you first of all attract talent globally so you can you know structure your recruiting teams in such a way that they don't have to be physically in all of the places that you need them to be but also using AI um, you know some of those companies are able to pick up on certain you know visual cues etc that you would see in those recorded video interviews that, that again it's using data using past performance to to indicate the future they're enabling people to make decisions there as well yeah absolutely yeah. I mean I was at the the higher view European summit I think they called it or conference yeah. uh, a couple of months ago and, and what they're building is just fantastic from, yeah. a, from a from an assessment process mm -hmm. and the, the the advanced level of sort of real scientific thinking yeah. that's going into what they're building is mm. really impressive and um, you know I think video interview is, is one of those things that's been around for a while but continues to grow and for good reason. Mm -hmm. And that's actually why we built built video interviewing into to higher window. Little mm -hmm. shout out to ourselves um, <laughs> as well. Um, but I think you know, to come back to the sort of the the the, the data, and mm -hmm. I'll say data rather than data. I know. Um, I do it now just for <laughs> dramatic effects, but also because people just think I'm making it up. But that's how 23 million other Australians say that word as well. I'll, so. I'll have to take your word for it. <laughs> um, but to come back to the point yeah. around 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 data, you know, you mentioned it as well with. Uh, kind of candidate experience mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be complicated stuff no. uh, you know people look at being data driven they think well, I'm going to have to do complex maths mm -hmm. or learn how to run different computer programs mm -hmm. and actually you can look at very simple questions mm -hmm. in a really compelling way whether that's using tools on LinkedIn um, whether it's using various other bits and pieces here and there um, you can ask questions and you can get answers really quite quite simply mm -hmm. um, and, and that data driven I think long may it continue because I, I will shout out to, to Danielle um, who leads my talent operations team here at Critio? We started with a survey monkey. I mm. mean, that's how basic it was. It was nothing, you know, there, we, we didn't sort of go out and, and, you know, create a tool or anything. Certainly, I'd love for it to be more sophisticated, but, you know, at the moment, um, we sort of got to prioritize our technology efforts and, and, and we launched it and, you know, people initially were like, oh, as if candidates are going to respond and let me tell you, they do. Mm. And not, not only do you get, you know, the, the things that you're not doing so well, but I just love to get those stories about, you know, this recruiter changed my life or meeting your team has changed my life. And, and you know, that's the warm and fuzzy stuff, which mm. is why we do this. So. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, awesome. So, I mean, that's kind of some of the changes, some of the progress that mm -hmm. you, you feel you've seen over the yep. last decade. If we change gear, if we yeah. skip towards the future, yeah. um, what what excites you most about leading mm. talent acquisition over mm. the next five years, let's say, here mm. at here at Criteo? Criteo. Yes. <laughs> That's all right. It's a, <laughs> it's a common one. Um, so in terms of the next five years, a couple of things that I'm really excited about, um, you know, whether whether we talk about talent acquisition as in, you know, sort of pure recruiting or talent attraction is um, the ability to retarget or um, you know, use intelligent um, cookies and, and tracking to, to retarget candidates. Um, I think there are so many people who visit career sites, I'm sure we do it all the time, and you know, for whatever reason, you're on the bus, your internet connection drops, you're on your mobile, etc. you sort of forget to go back and look at that job advert or you forget to go back and apply for that particular job for whatever reason. If you were then able to see that job advert when you were, you know, 
hanging out on Instagram or hanging out somewhere else on, on, on the internet and, and you know, be served those, those opportunities again, we believe that that would you know, dramatically increase your ability to, to attract talent that was much more passive, but attract talent that was high quality because they've made the effort to go find you in the first place. Um, so from an attraction standpoint, I think we're gonna see a whole bunch more stuff there. Um, in fact, there's a, a great organization um, that I've spoken to called uh, Phenom People who do this. Um, and I'm sure there are others, but I just don't know who they are. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I think that's something that we're going to see is that as the competition for talent, particularly in you know, some of the core markets that we're operating in, like Tokyo, um, like New York and, 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 uh, and some parts of mainland, mainland Europe, particularly Barcelona, I think that's going to be a, a key change that we're going to be looking at over the next year. I think the second thing is, as, as organizations, I think we need to you know, be a lot more mindful about and any company. I think you can have one great recruiter who manages the process, but you need 200 fantastic business partners or fantastic stakeholders, you know, clients, whatever you want to call them, to, to really help you engage the talent. Um, and, and one thing that I did really love about working at LinkedIn was the fact that the business were so engaged in the hiring process, the attraction process and the engagement process, partly because that's what LinkedIn do, but, yeah. <laughs> but equally, you know, it was very much seen as both parties' responsibility, not something that TA do for the business. Um, and I'm excited about some of the changes that we've made here you know, slowly sort of to, to build to build that kind of culture of, of talent attraction and acquisition here. Um, and I think the other thing that's gonna become, again, like I have spoken about it, but um, I, I don't wanna swear in the interview, but you really need people to give us something, <laughs> if yeah. you know what I mean. And, and, you know, as companies are talking about themselves, they need to talk about themselves in a much more humane way. I mean, you look at the data around millennials, you look at the data around what people want from their companies. They don't want, you know, big numbers, fancy offices, whatever. People want companies that care. They want companies that are flexible and they want companies that treat their people like people. And I'm excited mm -hmm. about, at Critio, being able to communicate more about that and communicate more about, you know, as an organisation, what we do for our people rather than just talking about what we do as an organisation. And I see that as being very much the trend for talent attraction and acquisition over the coming years. Mm. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, and, and for, for me, kind of, my favourite point that you made, the, the kind of the biggest thing for me is the, the, the getting the business involved in talent mm -hmm. attraction and changing mm -hmm. the culture and making it clear that actually it's everyone's job. Um, and it's a function and it sits separately mm -hmm. but if you are a leader if you're a manager if you're actually just any kind of employee mm -hmm. um, that you are a talent scout for mm -hmm. the organisation absolutely um, and you're involved in helping build the organisation from the inside out and companies that do this well mm. and organisations that do this well are the ones that are going to win absolutely you know uh, in the same way that you know five years ago we were sort of just starting to have the conversation about dibs or diversity and inclusion and today that is like business as usual for, for the best companies in the world i think you know doing this well is what's going to become business as usual for the best in the world five years from now absolutely and i think mm. i think technology becomes a massive enabler of that as yeah. well a massive enabler of that mm. uh, and on on technology Ooh. and without asking you to uh, <laughs> reveal any secrets that you might have up <laughs> your sleeve for the next few years is there a is there a trend or a, a mm. piece of tech that you think has 
slipped under the radar of most talent acquisition professionals that actually will be a bigger deal than we think mm. in the industry going forwards. So I'm not going to talk about AI okay. because everyone is. Sure. And I'm sure that 90% of people would answer that question with, oh my gosh, artificial intelligence Absolutely. and machine learning is going to change you know, how we live and, and, and of course how we recruit. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be perhaps a little bit more analogue in my approach mm -hmm. um, to this very digital question. One thing that I don't think people embrace and that, um, that recruiting and, and, and even broader people organisations or HR organisations don't embrace is the power of mobile. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure all of us would agree we have laptops sitting on our desks at home or on our tables at home that, you know, are collecting dust while our mobiles, you know, travel with us to mm -hmm. and the most private places, you know, yep. I'm sure. But um, I think the ability to leverage mobile technology and a mobile experience um, is something that talent, talent acquisition and, and the broader HR function are just really behind on. Mm. Um, when you look at most technology around people, um, you know, whether it, think, think of things like Workday and various ATSs and what have you, the mobile experience on a lot of those tools is really bad. Mm. Um, and uh, I'm not Workday specifically, who actually have a great app, but um, mm. I, I don't think that people look at HR technology and think, oh, it has to be fast, it has to be cool, it has to be mobile. They think about it, you know, having to fulfill X number of administrative and legal requirements first, and then they think about the user experience. Um, when I think about, again, sort of coming back to, to my time working at Apple, obviously, who mm -hmm. um, at the time were, were leading the market with, with iPhones, and I think still are, um, the ability to, you know, to be using things like messaging or FaceTime or what have you, I can remember suggesting in France to a manager that I FaceTime a candidate and that particular manager nearly fell off his chair. He was so shocked <laughs> that I would consider having a video interview with a candidate. And yet today, it's how we recruit, you know, here at Critio, well over 80% of the people that we hire will have the majority of their experience via video. Um, and I think when you, when you look at the, uh, the, the populations that we're trying to tap into today, the majority of them will only use mobile devices. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that you know, the companies, again, that are using mobile mobile technology well are the companies that are winning the war or, mm. or winning the battle for the best talent in the market today. Absolutely. I 100% agree. I think <laughs> I think that you're right. A lot of people have answered that question with AI, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. But actually, rewind a little bit and think more basically about yep. what, what little device does everyone have in their pocket yep. all day every day um, you know the, the a phrase I often use when I'm when I'm talking to the the development team mm -hmm. um, for high window is I want applying to a job to feel like discovering and booking a holiday apartment on Airbnb mm -hmm. and it should feel like that mm -hmm. so how do we get there because right now we are miles away as an industry and from that because so many of these organisations that and, and these products that we're using are owned by enterprise software companies who are far more interested in many cases because they make more money mm. out of building you know perhaps products more for marketing or for finance mm. or, or even for IT, the HR products are kind of pushed down. And I think that is why. And I, and I will give a shout out to Workday. I think that's why theirs is great because that's mm. what they do. Yeah. You know, they're, they're they're leading with those kinds of technologies, and so their mobile experience is great. Mm. Um, but, uh, but even like really basic things, like I started this conversation by saying that I, I literally manage my team through WhatsApp yeah, and they will laugh when they hear me yeah. say that, but it's true. And, and you know, why am I going to bother writing emails? Why is anyone writing emails when you sure. can literally send a message that, uh, you know, that can be received instantly? So, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, 
Okay, mm -hmm. fantastic. So mobile is the future. Yeah, well, it's the present. <laughs> it's, it's the current. <laughs> it's, yeah. I guess more, more, more specifically to your, your current mm -hmm. team, what mm -hmm. do you think that the, the future of the, the talent acquisition function mm -hmm. at, at Critio looks like? Yeah, so I think that we have, we, we've had a couple of challenges um, you know, in, in the time that I've been here and, and uh, we're addressing those at the moment uh, with some of the projects that, that we've got going on at the, in here, literally in the process of launching new technology as we speak. Um, so the future for us is going to be very much around, as I mentioned earlier, automation. Um, you know, we've had uh, ups and downs in, in what we need to achieve. You know, this week hire a million, next week hire none. Mm -hmm. um, so how can you keep a team engaged? How can you keep a team productive? And how can you be efficient and effective? I mean, hey, we're all here to, to help the company win. Sure. Um, I think, uh, you know, that's very much what the next six months of my life looks like. Um, the other thing that um, that we're sort of excited and, and that the team are going to be looking at more into next year um, is I know sourcing doesn't sound like it's that <laughs> it doesn't sound like it's that innovative, but but it is something that um, that we've perhaps let slide a little bit partly because we are an incredibly multinational and international team, so it can be hard to think about. Um, you know, splitting the functions from sort of what some people call front-end and back-end recruiting or, or having sources and having uh, talent acquisition partners. It can be really tricky to do that when, as we are, we're recruiting in about 40 different languages around yeah. the world. So um, that that is something that I would like to address. I'm, I'm not entirely sure what my answers <laughs> are around that yet. Um, but uh, I would like to avoid the kind of traditional RPO model if, if we can because... I don't think more people is what we need. I think we need better technology and better, um, again, better data to, to help us identify the, the talent in the, in the locations with the languages that we need. Um, and the other thing that the future of, of TA will look like is um, here at Critio is we will have a much, much stronger tie and a much, much stronger um, uh, role to play in communicating about our brand and our culture. Um, part of the reason why People Culture sits with me is because we're going to leverage the recruiting organisation to help communicate and push out a lot of the messages. Um, we're doing a lot with Instagram, which I'm super excited about because I just love Instagram, awesome. <laughs> like anyone does. Um, but, uh, but equally sort of communicating, using the recruitment team as the, the communication channel around what we are as an organisation and what we mean and what we feel. Um, and I'm excited about that. For the, for the coming weeks as well. Awesome, fantastic. Cool. Um, the future of TA, uh, there we go. Uh, well look, that's just about everything from my side. Is there anything else that you would like to, uh, any other shout outs you'd like to make, any, anything else you'd like to, to, to say or mention to, to listeners from across the TA universe? <laughs> the, I guess the only other thing that I would, that I would point out is uh, I think any great recruiter or any great leader um, in any function really um, should, uh, should really take the time to listen to their teams and take the time to get feedback from their teams. And, you know, that's where a lot of my learning's coming from. I'm, I'm in London. Um, I actually, for a long time, didn't have anyone on my team here. Um, none of my direct reports are here. So, you know, listening to, to, to the team that I have and learning from them has been really, really critical to me building the plans and the strategy of, of how we're gonna deliver for the organization. 
Um, and the, the only other thing that I would say is, you know, the best sorcerer I ever met in the world was Matt from Axa. So <laughs> if anybody's thinking about, you know, who to ask about great sourcing technique, um, Matt is definitely the guy that you should be right. you should be pinging. <laughs> I don't know about that. I might, I might be able to help. I might be able to help. Cool. Um, what a lovely way to round things off. Flattery. You're more than goes welcome. Goes a long way. Uh, thank you so much, Marissa, for, for joining us today. Um, you know, get in touch. I'm sure you're easy to find on, on, on LinkedIn. Um, and we will, uh, well, we will look forward to, to seeing what people have to say about, uh, about this episode. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. Lovely to chat. There we go. Marissa Bryan, what a great way to start this podcast series. Let us know what you think. Leave a review. Get in touch with me directly on matt at higherwindow.com with feedback or if you'd like to be a guest. Speak soon.